got your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 2. So like I said, it's just hard to believe that we're just less than a week away from Christmas. All the hustle and bustle. Is anybody else exhausted already? It's funny, I was thinking about this as I was studying through this. So, so we had Thanksgiving. We're all thankful and happy and, you know, all that good stuff. And then the next day we're all fighting at Walmart for, you know, counter kind of tips and TVs. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, not so much anymore. Black Friday's changed a little. I, I remember going out a few times. I, I, I kind of like doing that stuff, just going out and buying stuff. Um, but I'd be out there humming some Christmas carol, and you'd see all these people, they just look mean and hateful and tired. I'm like, why are you out here? Like, you're kind of defeating the purpose of what this is supposed to be about, aren't you? But I like the cabbage patch thing. That I think that actually happened before, didn't it? Like people fighting and pulling. I think it was. A, I thought it was a cabbage patch kid. But just it, it's just crazy. The holiday season just gives us so much stress and anxiety, and it's not supposed to be that way. So does anyone struggle with putting up your Christmas stuff? Like hanging up, just putting like your tree up and all your stuff that you have for Christmas. Marcel's being honest. Anyone else? Now, I will tell you, I've heard from a few people, and I don't get around much. There were two people that I heard this from. I'm not putting all that stuff out this year. Amanda, Mom, not to call any names out. Now, I will tell you, Rachel has had the full gambit out since September. (laughs) (laughs) She's had it all out since September. But it's just so funny that we get so frustrated and... 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What about like buying gifts? Does anybody struggle with buying gifts? Mom again? Robbie? Yeah, yeah, he buy mom. Anybody have, does it like cause anxiety? Like, I don't know what I'm going to get. About it. Mom struggles with that every single year. And she probably can't hear me, so that's okay. To talk to <laughs> she struggles with that every year. I'm like, Mom, don't worry about it. You know, does anybody struggle with that? Like, I don't know what I'm going to get. Or, or what about schedules? Does anybody struggle with schedules? I'm going to, I got to go to grandma's. I got to go here. We, we did it yesterday. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's not supposed to be this chaotic. Right? I don't think that's what Christmas is supposed to be about. But we do it. And, and it just absolutely exhausts us. Some people are laughing, see? They know I'm not, I'm telling the truth. And, and then you have the people that, you know, struggle with finances. And we go buy everything on earth and get completely in debt just for Christmas. And it's just, it's just crazy to think about. I've, has anybody ever actually looked at that? How much is actually spent over the holidays? I, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. Where's our brainiacs at? Anybody ever seen that? There's no brainiacs here. Bernetta. $800. A person? Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. And we stress and worry and all that. And that is not what it's supposed to be about at all. So we'll read a little bit here. Um, I, I know this is pretty familiar scripture, uh, but we'll read the most of the second chapter of Luke. Microphone's a little goofy this morning. All right, so just follow along, starting at the first verse. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar, Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you in this is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made, hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told by them by the shepherd, told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen 
as it was told unto them. So you see, they, they had a, a census to go pay taxes. And that's what you know, that got Mary and Joseph into to Bethlehem, which was prophesied. For, you know, that's where the, you know, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was, was to be born. So now let me ask this. And I'm thinking about all the, the Christmas plays that we've had over the years here. Who was ever the innkeeper? Anthony? What did you say, Anthony? There's no room in the inn. I, I don't know. I thought that was funny. I was watching, a couple weeks ago, I was watching the Duck Dynasty, and they were actually practicing. I think it was Jet that kept practicing. He was saying, there's no room in the inn. He just kept practicing it over and over. I just thought that was comical. Um, but it's just funny. You think about all those things over the years that we've, we've seen. And you always think of that, that beautiful manger scene, you know, at the end. At the end, we'd all take pictures of all the kids and, and all that and, you know, baby Jesus there. But I'm not so sure it was so beautiful like that. I mean, don't you think it was, I mean, my, my interpretation always was that it was like in a barn with animals and, you know, cold and stinky. Anybody else think that? I just kind of picture that. You know, I was reading some different, um, you know, references and stuff like that. And there was a lot of references to the swaddling clothes and the manger and all that good stuff. And the, the reference, I, I want to see if anyone else had heard this before. It was talking about uh, Jesus being born in the watchtower of the flock. Has anybody ever heard that? Basically, that was where they, t- they, they birthed the, the, uh, the lambs to keep them you know, safe. And they would wrap them in swaddling clothes and put them in a manger to settle them down after they were born. And then after they calmed down, they would give them to their mom to start you know, feeding and all that good stuff. But it was you know, symbolic to Jesus and you know, being that sacrifice for us. But, you know, they did that so that they wouldn't be harmed or, you know, no bruises or no broken bones. Because if that happened, they couldn't use it because they were no longer hurt. Well, that was interesting. But I just, I, I like reading different things and different perspectives of things. So whoever played the part of the shepherds in the plays? You guys are all quiet today. Jason, did you ever play the shepherd? Robbie did, I know. I don't know why I remember this, and I don't know if my dad remembers this. I remember me and him being camels for some reason. <laughs> you don't remember that? I was little. I don't, know, I don't know why I was a camel. I must have been a big camel. <laughs> With those shepherds, have you ever thought, like, why? Why did the angel tell the shepherds about Jesus? Did you ever think about that? I've been thinking about that a lot the last few weeks. Now, why, did, why, did he, why did the angel present Jesus' birth to shepherds? Does anybody know much about shepherds? You guys can actually talk. This is interactive. I was just going to say because there was a new lamb. A new lamb? Because they were the lowest. Shepherds were the lowest in society. A lot of times they were called outcasts. A lot of times they were considered unclean because they couldn't go to the temple because they were out taking care of the flock. So they were kind of the lowest level. Now, would you, wouldn't you think, just thinking out loud logically, if the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was coming to be born, who would they tell? Think if that happened today. Who would they tell? We'd probably tell the president, the queen, this, that, wouldn't we? Or your family? Wouldn't your family be the first to know? But no, it was the shepherds. 
Anybody ever thought of that? It was the shepherds. Now, it probably scared them to death. I know it would have scared me to death. They said, fear not. Because it was a great, bright light. It would have petrified me. But I mean, remember when Herod found out, what did he want to do? He wanted to kill him. And then later on, you know, the Pharisees and all that, all the religious people wanted Jesus dead. But yeah, being a shepherd definitely wasn't a big, luxurious job. I can't imagine. I mean, they, it, you know, a lot of the reference I, re- I read through said they actually slept with the sheep. Like on the ground with them to protect them. And those, you know, dumb sheep can't protect themselves. So from predators or, you know, whatever it was for, from themselves falling off a hillside somewhere. But, you know, day in, day out, they were there protecting those sheep. But they were considered the low class, the, the misfits, if you will. Now, I was trying to, I was trying to get a job today that, that symbolizes it, but I really couldn't come up with another term like a trash man. You know, you, you're thinking that, like, but I think those guys are awesome. But I think so, can't you imagine, like, just going out every day and smelling people's trash? That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? That's kind of what these guys dealt with. But you know, really, the the fact that the angel of the Lord came to those shepherds, the lowest of lows, really says a lot about Christmas and why Jesus came in the first place. And I think we really need to think about that this morning. You know, Jesus came to redeem us from our sins. He came to redeem us. We were sinners with no hope. We were going straight to a sinner's hell. We couldn't change that on our own. He came to change all of that. That we might have hope of eternal life in heaven. And he went to the lowest of lows to share that good news. Why? To show us that everyone can receive the gospel. Everyone. Not just the rich. Not just the prestigious. Not just the religious people. Everyone. Everyone. I'm nobody. I'm absolutely nobody. But the fact that he saved me when I was nine years old says it all. I was a little fat shepherd boy. Or a
gift. No matter how insignificant you are. No matter how low you are on that totem pole. Like those shepherds were. Jesus came and died for you. To give you life. Message of hope. Uh, you know, it seems like today with the, the political mess, the pandemic, I mean, drug and alcohol abuse is, is higher than ever. Crime is higher than ever. It seems like there's no hope. Just watch the news for a few minutes. But I'm going to tell you this morning, I'm going to proclaim it this morning. With Jesus, there is always hope. Amen. Amen. No matter what happens out there. Because we as his people should be out there. Amen. There's always hope in there. Always hope. I can't see. That gospel, that good news. That's what Christmas is about, is that good news. It can reach anyone. You know, I've struggled with this one, you know, just in the past. You know, you see people. You know, I've been around a group of people recently, and I'm like, surely God would never save those people. That is absolutely wrong. God can save anyone. Anyone. The gospel goes out, and it can change. I was talking to Mandy this morning in Sunday school about somebody. The gospel can change her. And she doesn't believe. It changed me. It changed me. And I know a lot of other people it changed. And I thought what was, what was really cool about the shepherds there, you know, they when, when the the angel of the Lord told them about Jesus' birth. They left everything. They left everything and they went and found him. And then after they found him, they came back glorifying Jesus. Glorifying what they had seen. Telling everybody what they had seen. And I was thinking through that. I'm like, what do you think? Because again, they were the lowest of lows. What do you think all those people were thinking that they were telling about Jesus. Probably thought they was crazy. And they probably think we're crazy sometimes telling people about Jesus. But brothers and sisters, it is so worth it if one of them would change their life and accept him into their heart. It is absolutely worth it. It is absolutely worth it. You know, I was thinking this morning just as I was studying through this. You know, what was the best gift you have ever received for Christmas? You can answer this one too, anybody. What's the best gift you've ever received? If nobody answers, I'll give you an example. Now you probably want to hear my example. Come on. What's the best gift you've ever received? An Atari. An Atari. There we go. I always broke the controller. Family. What's that? Family. Family? You unwrap your family? You know what? I don't remember how old Robbie was. I want to say it was maybe like a Wii. And we had it videoed, and he was like, Grandma, this is great. This is the best thing ever. Was it a Wii? 
But you know, the thing about that gift, it was good for a little while. It gave some happiness and joy. But honestly, I can't tell you where that we is today. I can't tell you. It's gone. We probably have it somewhere, probably broken. But you know, that, that gift of Jesus, that's a permanent thing. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You'll never lose that salvation. If you have it, you'll never lose it. Those presents, they, we get so wrapped up. Wrapped. <laughs> we get so wrapped up in all this. And it's really about Jesus. It really should be about Him. So don't go out there and worry and fret and everything else. Think about Jesus. The question you have to answer this morning is, do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? Because if you don't, that birth meant nothing to you. That meant nothing to you. But if you do have that relationship, it absolutely means everything. It means everything. It means absolutely everything. And if our lives can do anything, we can go out and share the gospel with the world. That's the best thing we can do as Christians. You know, we want to go out and we want to protest and we want to do this. Go share Jesus. Go share His love. You want to change the world? That will change the world. That will change the world. Now I just you know, want us to think this morning. Again, no matter how low you think you are, we've all messed up. We've all screwed up. We're an absolute mess. But there's enough grace for that. Jesus covers that. All you have to do is accept Him and repent of those sins. You know, I think we always say that. You know, you just have to accept Jesus into your heart. Well, there's another step too. You have to repent of those sins. <coughs> Wash it away. And accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Sorry, I think I'm going to fall down those steps. Cry out to Him. Lord, save me. There's no spectacular prayer you have to say. There's no card you have to read. Just call out to Him. Jesus, save me. It's that easy. But it's a scary thing. It's a fearful thing. But as the angel told them, fear not. Fear not. How many times is that in the Bible? A bunch. I think He wants us to fear not. Right? You know, I think I'm going to wrap it up. Because I think the Holy Spirit's working this morning. I think it's tugging at somebody's heart, calling them to salvation, or calling them to repentance. I want to ask everyone to stand. Brother Joe, Mike, if you get one verse of a song, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, what a perfect day to meet him at the altar here and change your life forever. And what a perfect day. If you've messed up, again, we all mess up. If we're honest, we could be up here every single Sunday repenting of our sins. Every single one of us. As we stand, whatever your need, brother Mike.